Welcome to the Good Fight Radio Show, a program dedicated to bringing you vital and uncompromised truths that you won't hear in the mainstream media, discussing contemporary issues in light of the Bible and how these issues relate to family, culture, and the church. The heart of this show is to glorify Jesus Christ and expose the works of darkness as he is commanded in Ephesians 5.11. Now here's your host, Good Fight Ministries' own Chad Davidson. Yeah, and it's interesting because as you saw in the video that we played from the Toronto Blessing, C. Peter Wagner is the one with the mic, and then you see there Bill Johnson as well as Todd Bentley. Now, Todd Bentley has seemingly disgraced himself over and over again. He did something very similar where he left his wife for his secretary as well. and He's then still with her, I think. He's still with her, but most recently it came out that he was also getting involved sexually with men and women uh, in terms of outside of, obviously outside of the marital bed and so forth. And he would receive the same anointing that they were handing out over there. Yeah. And Cheyenne was was clearly involved in this. He's been uh, around these things. Yeah, and he's, so, all, he's an apostle of that movement, man. The NAR movement. Yeah. And so when you see that, he's also an authority when we talk about the Seven Mountain Mandate. He's a pusher of it, and he kind of tells you, and you're going to hear on Patricia King's show, uh, who is really the architect. Because we've talked about it a little bit, but I'll let her say it as well so you guys can hear it. Che, we know that um, Lance Wall now, especially in this last couple of decades, has been highlighting um, the seven mountains of influence. So that is one of the ways they describe it. So I wanted you guys to hear how they describe seven mountains of influence. And guys, this is not, and we're going to get to it, we're almost there actually, This is not something that is being hidden under a bushel inside of movements like Bethel and Cheon's church and and so forth. But this is something that's moving forward in, sadly enough to say, and I hate to say it, but even in the Calvary Chapel movement as well, with teachers in the Calvary Chapel movement teaching this stuff. And I know for you and and for myself as well, as soon as I came to Christ, Calvary Chapel, some of the teachers of Calvary Chapel were some of my favorite teachers, in all honesty, guys like Raul Reese and so forth. I loved listening to those guys. So that kind of connection is heartbreaking when you see from Cheon to Lance Wallnow, Bill Johnson, and now people pushing, instead of calling it the Seven Mountain Mandate, they're calling it the Seven Mountains of Cultural Influence. Yeah, they're trying to dumb it down a little bit so it doesn't sound as dominionist. Uh, And then when there are people that are involved in dominionism, they'll talk about it. They'll be free about it. This is what we're doing. When they're talking to evangelicals that uh, have a, a biblical perspective of you know, what the scriptures say about the future, uh, then they'll dumb it down and make it look, oh, it's just about influencing these groups. And and then there's others that'll just ride the wave and say, and they'll just treat it that way. They'll sincerely believe, oh, I'm just trying to influence this group. But they don't realize the architects of this movement, Lance Wallnow, is all about total, absolute dominionism over the planet where the church is ruling the world. Yeah, and I think, I, I, wanna, I want you to hear the words and pay close attention because we're going to let Cheon express exactly what those seven mountains are. Che, can you uh, list, just for our viewers that might have never heard of the seven mountains of, of, of influence, can you list them for us? Yeah, again, it begins with, I think, the religion mountain or the church mountain, mm-hmm. uh, the family mountain, because God established the family in the garden first. And then we have what we call business mountain, which is huge because it could talk about everything from 
uh, your your store, your uh, business to corporations in America and around the world. Then we have what's the government mountain, maybe the most important mountain. And, and the idea of separation of church and state, this platonic mentality, is really of the devil. We're to be involved in every area, including politics. And um, the, uh, the media mountain, the uh, arts and entertainment mountain, these seven mountains are absolutely critical. Now, can you give us some theology for the seven mountains? Yeah, absolutely. Strategy? Because from the very beginning, in Genesis chapter one, he told uh, Adam and Eve, "I want you to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth." Because I'm, I don't want heaven on earth as a small geographic location. I want my glory to cover the earth, as right. the waters cover the sea. And then he says, "Subdue the enemy," which is interesting, because part of our humanity, the real humanity made in the image and likeness of God is to take authority over evil. Yeah. And that's part of transformation is how are we dealing with the issue of, of evil in society? Yeah, all the injustice, injustice issues that are out society, there. Exactly, racism in society. Yeah, we cannot be blind to it. We no, cannot just exactly. ignore it. But then it says take dominion or rule with him. Mm -hmm. And so we're co-laborers with him. So there it is. You sneak in as the dominion mandate over it, right? Cultural influence, but then let's have dominion over it. There's so many that will go and quote back to Genesis chapter 1, 26 to 28, so forth. And this is the lingo. This is the language. It goes from influence, right? That was what she brought up. Yep. Right to dominate, dominion. Yep, that's exactly it's what it's about. And notice how subtle that was, you know? Like you said, Chad, it was influence, then it was dominion. Uh, but he's using a scripture. Uh, were there governments in the world at the time and people that was the Lord talking about taking over governments when he gave that dominion mandate to Adam? It was the dominion over the animals, <laughs> over the fish, you know, the, the, the sea creatures and, and the animals on the earth and so forth and, and the birds of the sky. And we have zoos. We have dominion over the animals. He wasn't telling Christians to take over governments. Uh, and, you know, it's interesting because, in fact, let me read from Psalm chapter 8, verse 1. Beautiful, beautiful psalm. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have displayed your splendor above the heavens. From the mouth of infants and nursing babes, you have established strength because of your adversaries to make the enemy a uh, uh, and the revengeful cease. When I consider your heavens and the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you take thought of him? and the Son of Man, that you care for him. Remember when I was dealing with COVID, I memorized these scriptures and more in this chapter. And it's such a beautiful passage. Then he says in verse five, yet you have made him a little lower than God and you crown him with glory and majesty. Now listen to this. You make him rule over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen and also the beast of the field, the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea, whatever passes through the paths of the seas. Oh, Lord, our God, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And praise the Lord. You know, I'm looking forward to, you know, uh, having some fish tonight maybe, or maybe a chicken, one of those birds of the air. You know, they don't really get off the ground too much, but hey, they're easy to take dominion over. <laughs> I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, a nice dinner, hopefully a little bit later. And we do have dominion as we're given in Psalm chapter 2 over the animals. If we're to take that and say, I'm supposed to take over the governments and the military, and we're going to rule it. That is so, you know, again, read the end of Revelation. Read the end of the book. Read Revelation chapter 19. Jesus is the one who, now, should we influence government? 
Should we uh, vote? Yeah, I believe so. Should we pray for our leaders? First uh, Timothy chapter 2, Paul doesn't say take over all men. He says pray for all men. You know, uh, we're called to pray for them, not to try to take them over. Should we influence them? Should we speak prophetically uh, against the state? And we'll deal with that, I'm sure, at the end of the program a little bit. Uh, because I do believe we're supposed to stand up and occupy as we preach the gospel, not with the pretense that we're going to rule everybody else. Yeah, I, I think that is huge. And I and I can't wait to hopefully give some practical answers for so many people that are like, well, where do you guys stand on this? And where do you guys stand on that? Because there has been a, a large switch. And we actually received an email from somebody. And this is why I brought up Calvary, because I love so many of the Calvary's a lot of the, the pastors uh, in our local area, I know we've been friends with uh, Joe longer than I have, but I've come to love so many of Calvary pastors that I've come to know. But to see this switch from some of the bigger names in Calvary and to see them going down this rabbit trail of uh, politicizing the gospel, and that's been something that has been really, really dangerous when you see what you have to interlock with, what you have to compromise, that dirty, filthy, nasty word Compromise. One of the worst things that can happen to a pastor is compromise and teaming up with false teachers, teaming up with people like Shayon, maybe even having Shayon come and speak to start your event and to talk and give a word regarding who you are to them. And in fact, you're going to hear right now from Shayon who his hero was from the Freedom Sunday event from last year. I also want to thank Pastor Jack Hibbs. Uh, I love you. You're my hero. Thank you so much. Now, I play that because of a number of reasons. One, we know, because we've seen the clip of Jan Markell at Jack Hibbs Church warning him, talking, not warning him, but talking with him about NAR, talking with him about the Seven Mountain Mandate. And about Bethel. And about Bethel. And how bad it is. And he agrees. He even reads a letter from somebody uh, where he, I'm not sure if it's that or another time during that little conference thing, condemning uh, the, the, the the demonic type stuff that's going on there. So he's not ignorant of it. And yet he has, I've heard him speak openly about these things, and he has Shayon coming on for Freedom Sunday alongside Tony Perkins. And then in this next clip, and this is why it's important, we've talked about uh, these roads leading to worse and worse compromise. And that's what we're going to get into. Uh, because you can see Jack Hibbs hugging it up with Shayon. It wasn't just a video sent in. He also had some hugging going on where they got together. But also, he in that event on Freedom Sunday with that he helped run with Tony Perkins, he had someone come up and pray by the name of General Boykin. And I want you guys to see and hear him right next to him. And we're going to start with a word of prayer. And I'm going to ask General Jerry Boykin to come and lead us in our prayer. General Boykin is the Executive Vice President of the Family Research Council after serving 36 and a half years in the United States Army. He's a true American hero. Thank you all. Thank you very much. Thank you all. Join me in prayer. Now, Joe, that's an event that Jack threw, that Jack was a part of, Family Research Council. He brings up, he not only is with Tony Perkins, there's plenty of problems there. (laughs) <laughs> but but he brings up, uh, they they bring up, we'll say together, and he's excited right next to him, General Boykin. Now, General Boykin himself is a member of Knights of Malta. 
can be seen pictured right next to Rick Joyner. Who's also Knights of Malta. Who's also Knights of Malta. A Catholic uh, group. Yeah, a Catholic order. And I got to yeah. ask you, and this is this is the important thing, because your pastor, we've thrown events, we've done conferences, all these sorts of things. If somebody said to you, hey, we're, we're, we're trying to fight against tyranny, and you know what? Uh, we, we were trying to make sure we could meet during COVID, and Shayon, they fought the government and, and won, and they won some money back, and so he wants to say hi and tell you how much of a big fan he is, and then we're going to have General Boykin, a guy from Knights of Malta, come and, and pray right before. Can we do that at your church? What would your, be your answer? Uh, it's kind of uh, a kind of an oxymoron in a way. You know, you're dealing with uh, the irony, the Knights of Malta and a Catholic order, uh, and, you know, Rick Joyner, and these guys, you're talking about uh, tyranny. I mean, what was the Protestant Reformation over? Over religious tyranny and leaving the Roman Catholic Church because of their false gospel and because of their oppression, uh, because of their greed, uh, and how many Christians have been put to death by Rome, uh, and so forth. And uh, there's so much irony in all of this. It just blows me away. And it's it's heartbreaking. Obviously, I would say, mm, sorry, you know, you need to come to Jesus, man. No, that's exactly right. And it's heartbreaking because when it comes to, you know, pastors, and especially locally in our area, you know, we think, you know, Jack Hibbs, I knew a lot of people that were going to his church and so forth. Then I was very concerned when I saw they were doing this outpouring, this, this evangelism, hopefully, and some baptism and so forth. They're in Huntington Beach, which is a place that we do a lot of witnessing at. Yeah. Now, we have people here that used to go there, but then saw what he was doing. So yeah, especially because it's very We're interesting. Quite a ways away. We're about an hour and a half away. Almost. Yeah, yeah, he's out. Yeah, he's, ten minutes, maybe. Yeah, he's out in Chino Hills, and um, from Huntington, we love going out there to share the gospel. And one of the things that we found interesting was both not only did Jack Hibbs, but also Sean Foyt shared the exact same set of pictures. Now we had talked about that on a previous show. Um, that we had done, but one of the things that I found out more recently was that he had, Jack Hibbs actually took down that post. Now, he didn't distance himself from Sean Foyt in any way, and a lot of that, those pictures were from what was going on, guys prophesying over that, like Sean Bowles and so to, and, and Sean Foyt and so forth, that were involved in a lot of those, the very, all those humans you're seeing in the pictures that he posted, and we're, I was like, what are these links? What is going on with Jack? I've I've listened to Jack for a number of years. Uh, I stopped listening to him because I thought he butchered the text in James 5, 19 and 20 and said that he had sinned worse after coming to faith than he did uh, prior. He turned a warning into a promise. And Yeah, he turned a warning into a promise, which really bothered me, but it didn't, I, even though it was really, really bothersome, I didn't go to a place where I was like, oh man, I can't, don't listen to him. I, I just didn't listen to him myself personally. And I was just really disappointed. But now I see this and I'm like, what is going on, Jack? And then we see these little bits of compromise. And I know we're talking about Shayon and we're talking about Boykin, we're talking about Knights of Malta, but I want to bring out some, some Catholic things that are going on with this movement before we go back to something that's going on also with Jack Hibbs. Because think about this, Kenneth Copeland. Okay, I know it seems like we're going off track here, but trust me, follow along. Kenneth Copeland all right, I think one, one of the biggest the, false teachers on the planet. That, I, that is the best way to describe it. And by the way, he's all over the news right now because he let somebody use his jet uh, to go get Afghan prisoners and so forth. That sounds really nice. Oh, that means all his false prophecies must have been true now or he's not really evil anymore. <laughs> and right. No, that's not how that works. Yeah, he's still a false teacher, an arch heretic. And the sad thing is, is that... Keep in mind, yeah. Copeland is a guy who said, 
uh, that Jesus said to him, you know, don't get upset, I'm paraphrasing, uh, when people get upset with you because you claim to be God, because he teaches a little God doctrine. Because Jesus says to him, supposedly, they got upset with me, and I never even claimed to be God. <laughs> I'm like, man, that's doubly satanic. We're God, but Jesus never claimed to be God. And that's the guy we're dealing with. And the guy, I mean, he looks like a demon when he preaches. I'm sorry. That's He's a, fact, a spooky yeah. dude. No, that that's a fact. He was the one blowing away COVID and stuff. He has been a black eye to the body of Christ. And, and, and it's interesting because who reached out to Kenneth Copeland? None other than Pope Francis. Yeah. In fact, not only did he reach out, but Kenneth Copeland actually had a Catholic priest come and speak at his church and then at his church, at Kenneth Copeland's church, play a video message, then translated a video message from Pope I don't like calling him that because it means Papa and he ain't my Papa, from Pope Francis himself right there at his church. And it's very interesting because it doesn't stop with Kenneth Copeland. It doesn't stop with just these word of faith uh, teachers, these false teachers like him. It doesn't stop with IHOP and Mike Bickle. It doesn't stop with Cornerstone there in San Antonio and, and Hagee. It doesn't stop there. But now you have the Catholics coming in and then guess what? Let's bring this full circle. We talked about Sean Foyt's connection. We talked about Bethel's connection. He's also connected to him, yeah. But Foyt, yeah. here we go. Here is Chris Valatin talking once again about Pope Francis. I went to see the Pope. I got invited to see the Pope. You know, in fairness, which, there was which 40 makes people of us. mad about you as well. By the way, you talked to the Pope. And, so, but I mean, the, the Pope began the conversation with us by telling us that he had an encounter with with the Holy Spirit in which he began to speak in tongues and he had to go ask his Pentecostal friend what it was and we all laughed together and I'm like you know do do I agree yeah. with uh, the Catholic theology no but the guy loved God so Joe Chris Valentin's given a stamp of approval of unity and brothership putting out the hand, hand of fellowship to Pope Francis what's going on here yeah, this ecumenism with Rome, this love relationship, has been happening for some time. Robert Schuller, he was the top evangelist in the world a couple decades back, uh, and Crystal Cathedral and all, and he talked about how we need to go back to the, the, the main shepherd, the Pope, you know? And we're seeing a lot of, uh, you know, p- millions of Christians have been persecuted through the years, and a large percentage of Christians have been put to death by Rome. Uh, in fact, uh, Wycliffe, was it? who's dug up his, you know, and they burned his ashes because they weren't able to do that earlier because he translated the Bible into English. Uh, There's a bunch of solo, uh, there's a bunch of, you know, basically declarations in the Council of Trent against us. Oh, yeah. We're called, we're basically past redemption because we believe that salvation is by grace through faith alone and that it's not meritorious by works. Rome teaches a different gospel. You have to keep the seven sacraments. Uh, now, it was wrong. Paul warned about those who taught that you had to be circumcised to be saved. They were taking part of the Old Testament saying you had to do that to be saved. And it was wrong. It's a different gospel. That's the part of the Mosaic Law. We're under the law of Christ now. We're in the New Covenant. And just that was wrong. Now you got to keep the seven sacraments, things that some of the sacraments that don't even, um, especially the way they, 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 they deal with these things. Uh, the blood of Christ is not enough, you know, uh, because if, you die, Chad, as a Catholic. You have to burn off your venial sins and suffer in purgatory because Christ 
atonement was enough. When he said it is finished, it really wasn't finished because Jesus is still suffering in the Mass as his as an ongoing sacrifice. The reason Catholics genuflect at the Catholic Church is because they're bowing down to what they believe is Christ in the wafer, and there's an ongoing sacrifice. So uh, we have a different Jesus. That's not the Jesus of Scripture. Jesus, once for all, we have a, a, a different gospel. You're not you're not you've got to uh, contribute to your salvation through your own works. Uh, we have a different spirit because the spirit of Roman Catholicism uh, testifies that the Roman Catholic Church is the one true church. That's not the spirit of the living God. Uh, Jesus said the spirit of God would, would glorify him. And in Rome, Mary's glorified and a lot, a lot of the saints, you're praying to the dead, necromancy. There's so many false teachings. And uh, But what you have in the end times, I believe, under Mystery Babylon is a joining together of all kinds of demonic religious groups that will join together under the Antichrist kingdom and it's going to be a counterfeit kingdom. There's a counterfeit kingdom coming and we're seeing it form right now as you're seeing leaders, some of these leaders are possessed, you know, others hopefully they're just really misled and God will rescue them and even those who are possessed, we pray for all these guys. I mean, before we, uh, the cameras turned on, Chad and I and, and Tony and, and Josh and the guys, we were uh, seeking the Lord together, praying for these false teachers too. We pray for them and encourage you to pray for them. But at the same time, recognize what you're dealing with. You're dealing with a different Jesus, a different gospel, a different spirit. And what you're basically seeing is they're all biting up to Rome. Uh, many of them are. Many leaders that you would, you know, Copeland was in his own kind of, you know, a charismania, prosperity movement, we're little gods, all that stuff. But now, you know, he's hanging out with the Pope, you know. Valentin, look who these guys are that are hanging out with the Pope, you know. Uh, the Protestant Reformation was based upon the fact that there's a different gospel here and Christians were anathematized by the Council of Trent, which has not been rescinded. But guess what? If you bow down and say, hey, you know, let's all join together. Uh, we're good. Let's, uh, you know, let's fight tyranny together or let's stand together. Uh, you're going to be joining together with, 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 with those who hold the false gospel. Yes, and that is really important because it's interesting James Robeson, he has a show, mm -hmm. and he actually co-authored a book with a Catholic, claimed that God spoke to him about the unity they're supposed to have, had Catholics on his show, and so forth. And then he also had none other than Jack Hibbs on his show. And when he had Jack Hibbs, Jack Hibbs was mentioning all the different churches and all the different great pastors uh, and the work of God here, and he mentioned none other than Rick Warren. Rick Warren who, I mean, Joe, we could do multiple shows. In fact, we have an entire documentary called The Submerging Church that you can check out on, yeah, Amazon, check Prime. It's on it, Amazon Prime. If you haven't seen it, Go it's Amazon so Prime important. Type in the submerging, the submerging Church. Submerging Church. And I know we're bringing up Catholicism. I didn't want to pass over Sean Foyt on this because Sean can be pictured. You can just Google it yourself. I didn't even have time to get all these well, images. Rick Warren fits in. But that's exactly right. Um, as I said, Sean Foyt um, specifically pictured with Catholics, again, you know, we, we talk about these things, and when you are getting a plug from none other than Jack Hibbs, that's exactly what that was, a plug of the Spirit of God and how he's moved in California. One of the great churches right down the way from him is Rick Warren, and then Rick Warren not only having Catholics come and speak, Bishop Barron and so forth, at his church, but you can hear him and how he talks to the Vatican concerning Christians and the Catholic Church. We have far more in common than what divides us. When you talk about Pentecostals, Charismatics, Evangelicals, uh, Fundamentalists, Catholics, Methodists, Baptists, Presbyterians, and on, on, and on, and on. 
Well, they would all say, we believe in the Trinity, we believe in the Bible, we believe in the resurrection, we believe salvation is through Jesus Christ. These are the big issues. Sometimes Protestants think that Catholics worship Mary like she's another God, but that's not exactly Catholic doctrine. There's the understanding, and, and people say, well, what are the saints all about? Are, you know, you're, why are you praying to the saints? And when you understand what they mean by what they're saying, there's a whole lot more commonality. Now, there's still real differences, no, no doubt about that. But the most important thing is, if you love Jesus, we're on the same team. The unity that I think we would see realistically is not a structural unity, but a unity of mission. You know, one thing, that word, that sneaky little word that came in there, that unity, right? Because we can find some things we can unify on. And to, if you've been listening to this, and if you haven't, please just restart it over after we're done here and go check out some of the, the initial clips. Because talking about unifying, first it was with Islam and Hinduism and so forth. And he has his own problem with Chris Islam, then denying it, being dishonest in some ways. But, but nonetheless, when it comes to this unity what they're they're unifying on i guess you would say uh, pr some principles but it, it seems like not on the truth yeah and it's interesting because uh rick warren signed a document called the common word document a common word uh agreement basically it was a muslim document done and it was published by yale and uh, evangelicals and a bunch of liberals mostly liberals signed it uh to join together with uh muslims to bring world peace and it was crafted and the, the Muslims in there they talk about Allah being God talk about Muhammad being a prophet and they talk about you know how you know and what's amazing to me about that document the very title of it it's called the common word between us and them you know it's like you know it's like okay that's kind of a strange I, and I didn't I, I, when I first saw that I go man they could have come up with a better title that's not a very uh, I think they'd come up with a more suave title these guys are pretty slick you know and then uh find out it's from a surah in the Quran, which is Muslims, and it's a surah that talks about make a common agreement between us and them, which denies that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Basically says that, to make them, you know, get them to say that they deny that the Father has a Son. And there's, and Rick Warren signed that, you know? And then uh, many, many, you know, McLaren did, he was one of the leaders of the Suburban Church, which led a lot of people astray. We exposed a lot of this in the in the uh, Submerging Church video, which I encourage you to check out on Amazon Prime or just through our ministry, you can get it. But it's kind of interesting because uh, I wrote an uh, article for WorldNet Daily and I quoted William Lane Craig saying that those who signed up on that, signed that document basically signed up to become Muslims because you're basically agreeing with them that you're, that you're basically saying this is what we believe and you're signing you're saying okay we, we agree with what's being said here and Saddleback Church from what I heard had called uh, William Lane Craig because I mentioned that William Lane Craig had said that and they had a hard time believing William Lane Craig had said that and William Lane Craig because he'd said it like two weeks before I wrote this article uh, they found out oh he did say it you know yeah they signed up to become Muslims but of course, he could backtrack later and say, oh, well, I don't believe everything in the document. Then why are you signing it? And so what's happening is they'll go forward. Then when the evangelicals and the conservative Christians say, hey, what are you doing? They'll say, oh, well, I really, you know, uh, you know, him and ah, and so forth. But what's happening is people are being led to embrace false religious systems. Uh, he says we have the same mission, you know. We may not believe the exact same, but we have the same mission as Roman Catholics. Do we really? 
Our mission is to proclaim the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can we go arm in arm with a Roman Catholic and are we sharing the same message to a lost person? No, they're telling, we're telling them that they need to repent of their sin, put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved. The Roman Catholic Church is saying you need to come to our church and you need to be baptized in our church. And by the way, the Father will help you. We're supposed to teach. Jesus said, after we, when we go into all the world to preach the gospel of all nations, we're supposed to teach whatever he commanded. So I'm telling, I'm going to be telling somebody, hey, you know what? I'm, this Catholic guy is telling you, the guy next to me is supposed to be the same mission. He's saying, yeah, go to Father and so-and-so. And I'm going to say, oh, Jesus said, don't call any man Father. You know, we're going to be butting heads all the way through because we don't have the same mission. We don't have the same gospel because the gospel of Rome does not teach that salvation is purely by grace through faith. But there has to be human uh, works that merit you getting out of purgatory. Uh, superstitions like the brown scapular. If you wear that when you die, you'll get out of purgatory early. All kinds of really the treasury of merit, other things that Mary and other saints, suppose, quote unquote, other what they call saints, have built up can be credited to your account so you can get into heaven sooner. Uh, all these, these are just bizarre, strange lies. This is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and you know, Rick Warren is saying, well, if you believe this, this, and this, and this, are you kidding? There's all kinds of, I mean, the Westboro Baptists pretty much believe everything he just said, you know? Kenneth Copeland believes everything he just said. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that they're following Christ. You've been listening to the Good Fight Radio Show brought to you by Good Fight Ministries. If you're blessed by this show and would like to partner with us, please consider visiting our Patreon page at patreon.com goodfight. Or you can write to us at P.O. Box 2202, Simi Valley, California, 93062. Or call us toll-free at 1-866-JC-TRUTH. That's 1-866-528-7884. We hope you'll tune in next time on the Good Fight Radio Show.